Charles Stanley Radio. The latest economic updates, insights and conversations with finance industry experts. Hello and welcome to the latest podcast from Charles Stanley. Um, I'm joined as ever by our chief global economist, John Redwood. Um, there's been a lot in the geopolitical sphere over the last week. We've had um, incidents over Taiwan. Um, do you think the situation is escalating? Well, I think we're seeing a more aggressive China. Um, China is mainly getting more aggressive diplomatically. Uh, there's been a procession of world leaders to China. And of course, she had his further summit with President Putin, offering some comfort to a beleaguered president fighting a, a very unpleasant war. Uh, we see Brazil visiting China at the moment, uh, where China wants to appeal to the, the non-aligned emerging nations. I think President Lula might be a useful ally. Uh, and of course, we've seen China intervening decisively in the Middle East, it seems, by uh, establishing some kind of better relationship between Saudi Arabia and Iran, who had been uh, at loggerheads for a long time, and detaching Saudi from its strong US alliance. And there's now even talk of Syria being brought in for the code to attend some of the meetings. And we've seen an immediate market result from all this. Uh, not a favorable one, because we've seen a more aggressive OPEC cutting back the amount of oil it is going to produce for the world and as a result driving the oil price higher against the express advice and pleas of President Biden. So I think we are seeing China more influential, creating its own independent bloc and alliances against American interests. And we're seeing America and the West paying a bit of a price for the rapid withdrawal from Afghanistan and from the comparative lack of interest in Middle Eastern politics displayed by the current administration. Yeah, because the, the, the relationship between Saudi Arabia and, and the US has, has deteriorated under the current administration quite significantly, really. Well, yes, it has. And, and we now see an intensification of the conflict between Israel and Palestine and the uh, fracturing of the alliance structure that America had put in place where Saudi and the UAE uh, had uh, drawn up peace agreements with Israel and, and were part of a more common bloc against the Iran-led bloc. But uh, more worrying, of course, uh, going back to China and, and her uh, interest in remodeling the world is that uh, because the, the president of Taiwan had a meeting in California with the Speaker of the House of Representatives, the third-ranked politician in the United States, uh, China has put on a display of encirclement with uh, aggressive planes and, and warships around the uh, main island of Taiwan and the outlying islands just to make a point that she feels uh, these territories should come under Chinese mainland control. But we still stick to the view that China is not going to embark on a hot war invasion of Taiwan anytime soon. But as we feared, she will continue to make life uncomfortable for Taiwan and will from time to time test out defences and provoke by showing strength in the South China Seas. And all of this is a bit of a smack in the face for globalisation, really. You know, 20th century globalisation seems to have gone in reverse slightly, uh, and that's going to affect growth. Well, indeed it does. There is, there is a price in growth, um, higher oil price, but there's also the scramble 
to onshore technologies and investments, which we've talked about before, Gary. Uh, and that is being intensified by all of this. The American-led bloc is very conscious that it needs to repatriate and control important technologies and that it needs to get more access to crucial raw materials, particularly for the green electrical revolution, uh, because China saw this coming and decided uh, to make investments in and diplomatic arrangements with countries that had the sinews of creating batteries and wind turbines and the other uh, essential ingredients of the Green Revolution. And so America and friends are now catching up and there is an investment cost to that as they do so. And I think this is reflected in, in the uh, tone coming out of the IMF, which is portraying a world that is going to slow down quite a lot this year, partly because of these disagreements, but more importantly, of course, because of the, the big change in policy by the central banks last year, uh, shifting from very easy money to very tight money. Yeah, and that's sort of really why that they've, they've issued quite a, a dovish, dovish stance this week, really. We're expecting yes. interest rates to, to go down fairly quickly. Yes, they have said that. Um, I mean, that's the good news. I mean, what the IMF is saying, as, as we're also hoping will happen, that uh, inflation will be controlled this year, and we see it coming down quite a lot by the year end on both sides of the Atlantic, and that should give greater freedom for some monetary easing next year. But the IMF, of course, have to be cautious in their forecasts, so they do also say uh, there are a couple of dangers lurking out that, there to that happy scenario. One is that the central banks overdo the tightening, they put interest rates up even further and hold them too high for too long, in which case, instead of having a, a slowdown, you'll have a nasty recession. Uh, and they also say that if the central banks get it wrong, uh, you could have more troubles like the regional bank difficulties in America a few weeks ago and, and like the Credit Suisse problems that we saw in Switzerland last month. Uh, and I think the IMF are giving very good guidance to central banks and governments. They've set out a series of things that the regulators can do and the central banks can do uh, to try and make sure that those one-off problems we saw in March do not become more widespread and systemic, which would be very damaging for economies, people's livelihoods and for markets. Yeah, so it's a, a difficult balancing that for the Fed really going forward. It's got even more challenging. Yes, indeed, because um, a lot of commentators on the Fed thought that they had the relatively difficult task of deciding uh, how much break to apply to control the inflation without completely eliminate, eliminating some accelerator to sustain a bit of growth and keep jobs at a reasonable level. And that was a difficult enough balance because they'd obviously got it wrong in 2021 and had too much accelerator and too much inflation. But now there's a third overriding issue really they've got to tackle, which is to make sure that as they slow the economies, as they put interest rates up a lot and hold them there, they don't bring down banks or private equity or certain types of investment fund, which could be at risk uh, with too rapid a transition to too high a set of interest rates. And we saw the first signs of those tensions uh, in the regional banks and in, and in Credit Suisse. And so the IMF is saying to the central banks, uh, whilst you shouldn't flood the world with lots of extra dollars or euros, as you did in 2021, that is inflationary, you do need to supply money to sectors or individual organisations 
that are very short of cash because they could move from being short of cash to actually being bankrupt, and that would not be a good outcome. And the reassuring thing is we actually saw that happen quite rapidly with you know, regulators and central banks and authorities acting together in the recent banking wobble. So that's yes, quite we did. Talk. Yeah, and the IMF is being listened to or they're catching on to what is actually happening in that respect. But they do, do add something to the debate because they say that whilst that was good, that uh, liquidity problems for individual organisations uh, were resolved and didn't bring the system down, uh, they say that there is a scope for muddle if the central banks are both wanting to tell markets that money is going to be tight and there won't be lots of liquidity around to get inflation down, but at the same time, um, on a regular basis, actually have to create a lot of extra money and put it in through uh, the banking system in order to stop individual companies collapsing. So they're, they're rightly flagging that these interventions must be very narrow, specific and well signalled. Uh, and that they must be fitted into a sensible overall monetary policy, not a monetary policy that is too tight and therefore likely to create more of these problems. Right. Super. Thanks very much, John. Um, have you got any anything else to add on that issue? No, I think that's fine. I think that's good. Unless you want anything else. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much, John. Um, uh, fascinating as ever. Uh, I hope you enjoyed listening and you will join us for our next podcast from Charles Stanley. Thank you very much. Charles Stanley Radio. Subscribe today to be kept up to date with our latest releases. To find out more, visit charles-stanley.co.uk forward slash charles-stanley-radio. The value of investments can fall as well as rise. Investors may get less back than invested. Past performance is not a reliable guide to the future.